You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. Well, typically a dead period of the, of, of the summer. Um, there's quite a bit of information, quite a bit of news that's, that's, that's come out uh, in the last few days. Um, so let's jump on in and, and let's talk about it. What do you got, Nick? Well, obviously, the I, I don't know if it's the biggest news of the week anymore, but it was really huge news at the time. A lot of rumors for a few months now that there might be a coaching change at Syracuse. We talked about it probably a month ago. Just when everything kind of, you know, this has been a long time coming for, for years, you could say. And, you know, John Desco retires after Gary Gate gets announced as the new head coach. So that was pretty interesting dynamic. Uh, somebody messed up there. But listen, Gary Gate is now the head coach at Syracuse. And with him on staff is Pat March and the greatest defensive player of all time. One of the greatest coaches of all time, Dave Petromala. Uh, I mean, this was, this was huge news across the board. Um, You know how I feel about it in terms of how it was leaked in terms of Gary Gate, you know, uh, becoming um, head coach. Um, You know, I think it's, it's a great transition. I think he continues the, um, you know, the, the ascension of, you know, basically Syracuse lacrosse and everything like that. But I really think that um, if there's one thing to take away from this was that Syracuse really fumbled, um, you know, uh, the, the passing of the torch, so to speak, from John Desco to Gary Gate. Um, and, and I'll just say it like, this is how I truly feel. Um, you know, when, when Roy Simmons Jr. retired in 1998 um, and John Desco took over, um, he's been getting the short end of the stick since he took over in 1999. Um, you know, every year they didn't win a national championship, you know, people were calling for his job. And even when they, they did win the national championship, people were, um, you know, saying that he just got lucky. Um, uh, you know, John Desco is a mild mannered guy. I think he's done a f- tremendous job. He's a hall of fame coach. Um, I, I just really think that, you know, he deserved better. Um, you know, and, and like the story of his career, Gary Gate, you know, he, he put Syracuse on his back and, and took the attention away from the fumble of the pass off of the program and went and got himself, you know, one of the greatest uh, player slash coaches in, in lacrosse history and bring in um, Dave Petromala on staff. I mean, I, I think that's a home run. Um, I, I, I can't believe he, he was able to do that and make that happen considering Dave Petromala's history, um, you know, and, and, and being a part of the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays and being Syracuse's one of Syracuse's biggest rivals. I'm just, I'm, I'm astonished that he's there. I think it's going to be phenomenal for, for Gary, for the program, for everything. Um, what, what are your guys' takes on it? Well, I, I think honestly, they, they're both huge names in lacrosse, right? And I think people are still the the high school players that they're going after are informed enough to know who they are right because mm-hmm. these guys were stars in the late 80s early 90s yeah. so it's not like lebron and michael jordan are teaming up here even though that's been kind of like the comparison right like what if the two biggest stars in your game as players were coaches well these guys aren't as i guess relevant to to younger recruits but that the thing about lacrosse is these are some very educated recruits. Right. And so people still know, like, even if you're, you're 17, if you live in a hotbed, you know who these two guys are. And, and that's, that's what makes it very different. 
So I think that over time, like, I don't know, they, they have a small window to really take advantage of who they are and what their name is, is my personal opinion. I, I know for a fact, everyone does that they have the chops to do this, to get this done as coaches. But on the recruiting side, I think that they have a small window to take advantage of this situation where people really know who they are. And, you know, you don't have to explain to recruits like, Hey, I was really, really good back in the day. If you're not familiar, you know what I mean? Like it's a small window there. Doesn't hurt that they have the number one recruit in the country coming in in 2022 and Joey Spelina, um, you know, and, and considering that a good number of his uh, crush teammates are, are going to Syracuse now too. Um, the future looks bright for Syracuse, man. I think, um, you know, they're definitely walking into a situation that's going to be really good. And, and I think there's going to be some individual motivation on Petromala's part um, to, to really stick it to Johns Hopkins because of the way he was let go. Um, yeah. You know, I, I can't imagine that they're too thrilled with, you know, Bobby Benson being the OC at Maryland and now Dave Petromala being the defensive coordinator at Syracuse. Um, you know, there are going to be constant reminders often um, down at Homewood field of, uh, you know, maybe, you know, and, and maybe of, uh, of some, some poor decision-making on their part. You know, I think Hopkins had a great finish to their season this year, but you know, make no bones about it. You know, Dave Petromala is one of, if not the best coach um, when it comes to straight lacrosse in the country. So I, I, I think it's a home run. Gary yeah, Gate yeah. couldn't have made a better decision um, yeah. in terms of who he brought in. It was an easy decision staff. too, right? Yeah. Like it's like, if, if I can do it, I'm going to get this guy. You've and you mentioned Bobby Benson too. And so that's interesting because Maryland had to post that job because Bobby doesn't know if he's willing to commute from Atlanta like he did this past year because his wife is an exec for BlackRock, I believe. Yes. And so correct. that'll be interesting to see if he stays in the game or if he just digs in in Atlanta or closer to home. And then also Petro came out and said that he's not putting any pressure on his kids, like that there's no – he doesn't want to be that dad because both his boys, I think, are UNC commits, correct? Yep. And they're both juniors, rising seniors. So there's some room. There's some well, rumors. We in could the, see. Yeah, there's yeah. Some, listen, there are some rumors in the rumor mill. I've been hearing this for a year, and I can't believe it's playing out the way it is because it's almost verbatim what I was told yeah. um, by, some, by some sources. And there's another interesting piece to this that involves the women's program Yep. that – I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if you see happen in the next couple. Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about that too much. We're just going to leave, leave it with one word Spelina, And we're just going to move on from there to the other huge news today on the women's lacrosse side that Clemson and the ACC is adding lacrosse women's lacrosse. And I believe that's a 2022 start 2022, 2023. Yep. Yep. So that's huge news for the growth of the game. I mean, obviously as, as bigger fans of the men's game, I can think, I think we can say that like, that's where our heart is. We would love to see a power five program at men's lacrosse, but I think this is still huge for, for everybody, for the entire game, for the growth of the sport, ACC lacrosse, another school in the South with lacrosse is also huge. And then a power five school, because I directly on the men's side, I think the PLL is directly tied to power five lacrosse growth. As the PLL becomes bigger and bigger, I think it just becomes easier. Like the things that go along with that, what takes, what makes it get bigger align with what it's going to take to get some power five schools down lacrosse. So uh, that's huge news. Uh, 
really not much to say about it other than we look forward to, to seeing how it goes and, and to see if some other schools follow suit. I'm anxious to see who gets that coaching job. You know, what, what, what does that do? Because that's going to be a sought after job. Hey, by John a... Sung just, uh, just stepped down at Virginia tech. So he's got some chops in the South there. And that's a, that's a conference he's familiar with. Let me tell you something. You go four and 23 in the ACC on the women's side, you're not getting the, listen, the Clemson I, job. I get it. I get it. It's a, that's a tough, it's a tough conference. It really is. So we'll, I'm just saying, you know, there, there's some people out there and there's some young people out there, but as yes, you and I, I have both built programs, it takes a special person to start from scratch. Well, you can't, yeah. I mean, what we've done and what, what they're trying to do down there, two correct, different things, correct, but, correct. but um, you I should, think I, there I think are that some, they should have a current head coach at maybe a smaller school step up to this, because I don't think you, if you're a big time assistant coach and then you get handed the keys to Clemson lacrosse, and you got to build it from scratch. That's there's asking gonna, a lot. There's going to be a, few, a lot. There's a few people that if, if it's done, they could do it. Um, you know, I, I think of Kayla Trainer at, at Boston mm-hmm. College. She she's somebody who could do that. Um, you know, I, I somebody from the the Northwestern coaching tree, I think could could possibly do that. Screw um, it. Billy Bitter, Clemson. Let's go. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see him get a head coaching job. I know that he's got a long way to go because he's just what is he the second assistant at bc what about what about um well, how cool would that be yeah what about you know they you could see um i could see what's his face over at usc okay deemer uh, deemer class maybe uh you know get them together at clemson whole i mean now we're just we're bastardizing the women's game for our own pleasure here but I, I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be interesting. And I think you're going to see some dominoes fall. Um, there, there's so many qualified and exceptional um, women. Yeah. We're, we're joking there. about some of this, but um, yeah, obviously it'll be exciting to see, but the big thing that we're doing today, we are going to, you know, Paul Rabel came out. He was on the late show with Seth Myers or the late, late show. I can't keep track of all the lates, but he was with Seth Myers and he said on the show that, eventually with no timeline given that the PLL will probably be a city-based model. And so we're going to play that clip right now. Well, uh, why the touring model instead of having, you know, eight different teams in eight different cities? Well, we felt like, you know, as entrepreneurs, we needed to look at uh, the sport objectively. And there's two and a half million players, 10 million fans. And so to launch this bottom-up business in markets all over the country, uh, we didn't think the sport was quite there yet, but we knew that with that density of fans, that if we took the game around the country and grew it that way, that we'd have a better chance. The other thing is with NBC and, and other networks we were pitching at the time, uh, distribution and programming windows are really difficult to secure. So in team sports, you have this home and away schedule model. And we didn't want to deal with the nuance of that. So we went to the network and said, what are your free windows on NBC and NBC sports that are available, I should say? And they said, this time on Saturday, this time on Sunday, I'm like, great, we'll book them because we take over the venue for the whole weekend. So it was kind of an inside-out approach, but I do think in the future we'll be city-based. Okay, and so as you see, he said city-based model. And what we're going to do, what we thought would be fun is, you know, Ryan and myself and uh, LAS Uber intern slash graphics designer slash social media manager, Nick Peaches Petrus is here with us and the three of us are going to go over these PLL teams and we're going to figure out where we think that they would go today if they were a city-based team. So obviously 
we've all agreed that the cannons are going to be the Boston cannons. It, it makes sense. They kept the building in Quincy for a reason. I think that's the long-term play. It, but, you know, we have seven other teams that we can kind of go with. We, we didn't have any rules for this. Everybody's kind of playing with their own, you know, they, they've got their own reasons for doing these things. So, like, let's just go alphabetically, give the people where you think the team should be and why. And so we'll start with Ryan with the Atlas. Um, you know, I, I gave this one some thought and, and we talked obviously before we got into the, got onto, got into recording. Um, I just have this, this feeling that the Atlas are going to be kind of in that tri-state area in the, in the Northeast. I think, um, it, I think the PLL is going to, if they're going to go to a city-based format, I think this makes sense because of the venue. Um, I, and just based off of kind of what the MLS did, I think it makes sense. Um, I think they're going to go, I think they're going to end up being in North Jersey. They're going to be the New York, New Jersey Atlas, and they're going to play at Red Bull Arena. Okay, interesting. Peaches, what about you with the Atlas? My gut reaction with the Atlas, just it felt like Dallas. Dallas just kind of made sense for me, kind of gave me some Dallas Cowboy vibes. You know, there's definitely a market down there. Lacrosse is definitely getting it going there. Um, but so, yeah, yeah. I, really, I really think they make sense down there in Dallas. Yep. And I just showed the, the guys on the Zoom that uh, I had Dallas and I scratched it off because I did think it made a lot of sense for the Bulls. I thought a little bit harder about this. You know, my decision making was based off the identity of the team in terms of the mascot and a few other things. Also, where the PLL has played before, because I thought that would go heavy into what they're going to, you know, decisions they make. I also considered which franchises might come back with expansion and then incorporated that into my decision-making. So like I didn't put a team in Baltimore for that reason. I didn't put a team on long Island for that reason and a couple other places. So for the Atlas, I'm going with Albany. I'm a big fan of alliteration. Dallas made sense to me, you know, the bulls, you know, the whole thing, but I'm a, I'm a big high, fan expect, of alliteration. high expectations, yep. no, no follow through and no winning. I get it. I understand. <laughs> Plus, yep. you know, Albany's got an indoor team. They have, they would then have an outdoor team. They've got a ton of lacrosse upstate. Like this is the, one of the more saturated markets in terms of like lacrosse IQ. So, you know, the fans would still have to show up but there's plenty of fans there. All right, moving on. We've got the Archers. Ooh, the Archers, the Archers, the Archers, the Archers. Um, you know, and and I, it was interesting because I had this team really, you know, maybe going to that um, Denver market, but I, I, I think the I think you're going to see the 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 Outlaws come back. I, I think Agreed. that was such a strong franchise that they're going to bring back the Denver Outlaws. So I mean, as far as the Archers go, um, you know, I, I feel like that's a team that is going to end up in like that Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just do. You could swap it out. I mean, I just, I just I get it. I get it. Any team um, with orange can go to Dallas. Yeah. Any team with orange <laughs> can go to Dallas. Why it's not? Been done. It's been done. It's been done. I mean, the Rattlers went there. Why not? The All Archers. Right, Peaches, what about you for Archers? I think the Archers made sense. I wanted to throw them on that East coast and I kind of thought it made sense to put them New York, Long Island. I didn't even think about, you know, bringing back other previous MLL teams that just makes sense. I didn't really take that into consideration, but you know, I think on that East coast, you got to make sure you're having a good program out there. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to have a, 
you know, the Atlas per se out there, you know, a team that's not going to do as well. So I think putting the archers in New York, that kind of area, New Jersey just makes a lot of sense. I kind of agree with you. And so when I thought of teams that are coming back, I, I just thought one that doesn't need to come back are the barrage. Yeah. And you know, who's got great colors, the barrage and the archers. And you know where Chris Bates loves, he loves Philly. So I thought let's put the archers in Philly the color scheme makes sense. I'm sure that the fans in Philly would take the archers over the barrage at this point because of how well they do. And uh, I, I just think Philly's a natural market. I don't think the PLL, I mean, they, they did not go there. I don't think in 2019 double checking. So I don't sound like an ass. Yeah, they didn't. They just, Oh, well, they did at uh, the PLL championship weekend. So like they didn't have a team set there. They, you know, they had the championship weekend there in 2019, 12 and a half thousand people over two days. It's pretty good or over one day. That's really good. So I think Philly's a natural choice for the archers. All right, moving to chaos. And this is where I think things could get a little weird. It's going to get a little weird because, you know, for me, they just seem like a Cleveland. They just seemed like a Cleveland. Um, Alliteration. I like, but, (laughs) but I I don't think I'm going to go with Cleveland. This is one of those teams that I think, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be an upstate New York team. Now, where in upstate New York, I don't know. Um, you know, it could be Syracuse. Um, it, you know what? I think it's going to be Syracuse. I think if there's going to be an upstate New York team, you know, there's a lot of upstate flavor on this team. There's a lot of, you know, players that are, you know, from closer to north of the border. Um, I think it could be a Syracuse team, but then it could also be Buffalo. Um, I, I, you know, they haven't been there, but like, you got to keep some Canadians close to the border, man. You never know. Um, but I'm going to go with Syracuse. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be Syracuse or Buffalo. I'll just go with Syracuse just based on the fact that, um, you know, you have so much lacrosse in that area. Um, Central New York is obviously a hotbed for it, you know, and, and you've got that close proximity to Rochester. Um, you know, it is a bit of a drive for Buffalo, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, their makeup, they're a blue collar team They're you know, they're, they, they kind of fit in well with, you know, that upstate mentality. Okay. And I'm going to jump in before peaches here because you said Buffalo and I have Buffalo written down and, you know, Buffalo has proven itself as a lacrosse market. I know Peaches is a big Bandits fan. There are quite a few Bandits on the chaos now. And, and I really didn't take into consideration current team demographics for future city location because these players won't play forever. Yeah. But I like the idea of having a team in the PLL that always has Canadian flair and identity. And who has that more than the chaos? I, I mean, like Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, listen. And they love their teams. Like, they love their teams. They jump behind their teams. I can imagine the Buffalo football fans, okay, Bills Mafia, getting behind. You know, they need a summer sport to tailgate. Oh, yeah. And it isn't minor league baseball because I've been to a bison. Andy Towers (laughs) screams Buffalo without being from Buffalo. Are you kidding me? The anchor bar every Saturday night after a game? Oh, these guys would here's the thing too in buffalo every plo player is a bona fide superstar hanging out with the sabers yep. hanging out with the bill like they you know i think it's a great great fit peaches 
So I bounced back and forth to this because originally oh. I was thinking Buffalo as well. Just that, you know, they give go off Buffalo vibes. Kind of gritty. I'm not going to go with it because I, I really I want to see a team in Chicago. And I think the alliteration mm. behind the Chicago chaos, I think there is potential to be had there. You okay. know, I, I think you're because you're hitting, you know, I love seeing hitting lacrosse markets that are not untapped, but definitely don't always get the love. And I think Chicago, I think there's a good scene in Indiana, you know, right Ooh, over there. Iowa. Yep. I, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, Southern Wisconsin, you know, so I, I just think Chicago will get some love out there. Montana. I need to see, I need <laughs> to see Montana. A, a graphic later, Nick, when you have time, I want a Buffalo bills colored chaos logo Ooh. just to see. I want you to try it on see Ooh. how it feels. No, Buffalo makes the most sense. The Andrew, Andy towers <laughs> things like, yeah, bills mafia would pick up on that team. In oh a my God. If he'd yeah. be he'd be a key guest at Bill's Mafia tailgates. We'd have to get him wherever he, I think he lives in what Connecticut, Ryan. We I got yeah, to somewhere so. somewhere up there in the Northeast. We got him getting down to the Buffalo. All right, moving on. We're doing the Chrome. I'll go first this time. We're we're talking alliteration. You were talking Detroit. about the Columbus chaos. I don't oh. think Detroit's ready for a lacrosse team quite yet. They are. They need one. But I'll put one close enough so that we can drive to Toledo. It. I'm going with the Columbus Chrome. And I know the, the natural reaction, like Nick said, might be to put the machine back in Ohio. But I always like the machine in Chicago. And oh. so I want the machine to come back and have them go back to Chicago. Before they were the Ohio machine and they were switching city, like they were the original touring-based team, man. They would travel every weekend to a different facility for, for a couple of years. So I want to see the, the Chicago machine come back and that leaves room in Columbus for the Chrome. And you know what? The Chrome of all the mascots does not have, does not make any sense geographically because, you know, not really. A lot of these really don't didn't exist when our country was started. So, uh, you know, it doesn't, there's no medieval, like, I don't think of a town in, in the U.S. and think of medieval times. So uh, I just went with alliteration and I think that's a market that needs to be filled. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. I agree. I think that that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm going to go with Detroit. Chrome, cars, Motor City. We could adapt Chrome. it. We got to switch the logo and the identity up that they've created for the PLL. But I think you could take that mascot and switch it up a little bit to be. But you know, I also think the identity of that team. I mean, you know, they're they're tough. They're blue collar. They're a bunch of. They're like, hurt all the time. All the time, but like it's like. Um, if you want a city that's been beat up and gets back up every time. And I mean, Sudan does give you, I mean, minus the accent, he does give you blue collar Detroit vibes. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, you know, he, he, if you, he can do me, a lot with a little he, and that's yeah, what Detroit's all about. He just got off the, he just did third shift at the GM plant. Like I could totally believe it, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I'm going to go Detroit. I like Detroit. Sudan smashing some conies. Nick. I'd love to see Detroit get a team uh, as someone who lives in the Metro Detroit area. I would hate for it to be the Chrome. Um, so I, I have the Chrome going to Syracuse. Cause I, I do agree that upstate region, you got Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse. So we all have a different team in upstate New York. Yep. I, I can appreciate this. Yeah, I really and, can. Yeah. The Chrome already have some Syracuse players on their team, but inevitably that doesn't really matter, but I didn't really know where to put the Chrome, but I knew I wanted a team upstate and I just think they fit that, fit that vibe, that mentality up there a little bit. Okay. We're moving on to the Redwoods and I'm going to pull a golden state and not give them a city name. 
I think they're going to end up, you know, somewhere in the, 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 I think they're going to end up in LA because I think LA has to have a team. That's where the PLL office is. So like, obviously they're getting a team and the Redwoods, when you go by actual identity, like they're Redwood trees, doesn't make sense anywhere else other than the West coast. I don't think that there's a market big enough in the Pacific Northwest yet. I think it will be soon. So I'm going with the California Redwoods based out of LA, just like the Golden State Warriors. You know, it's it's weird not having a city name, but I like it. Like the Ohio machine, California Redwoods. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with kind of that Pacific Northwest vibe. I mean, the Redwoods makes complete sense on the West coast. Um, You know, I I think they're going to put a team, in California, I think they're going to have to, with their headquarters in LA, they're going to have a team in LA. Um, I was toying around with throwing the whip snakes out there, but to be quite honest with you, I, I think having the Redwoods in LA make a lot of sense. Um, but I think that they might be one of those teams that like, they, they're going to be, the, they might be the California Redwoods, but they might have that touring model where they do half of their home games, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, where say it's, you know, Northern California, Seattle, Portland, yeah, Seattle, Portland. I think that that's going to be a team that's going to be West coast based, um, you know, and, and, and I think that they're going to do, I think they're going to do that. I think it's going to be pretty solid. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my bet for, for them. Um, I think they're going to be based out of LA, but you know, they're going to have a touring model for that West coast. I mean, they could literally just do a touring model around LA without actually being in L. you yeah. know, the Detroit Pistons were never in Detroit. You know, yeah. They, they were, were in the, the palace. Sub, they were in the yeah. Pontiac. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they play out of Al, you know, Long Carson Beach city. Yeah. <laughs> the Carson city. Uh, that's in Nevada, isn't it? Isn't it? Whatever, whatever one where, um, <laughs> they, they had the, I, they have the, they have the, uh, I think it is Nevada, but they have the one sport complex that's just outside of LA that they used for, um, for a bunch of different things. Yeah. We're not West coast people, but yeah. yeah. And, and it shows, but yeah, you could definitely have like an LA San Diego team. Because I don't think you need two teams there, but maybe Nick feels differently. What do you think, Nick? Redwoods? No, I, I, LA. LA makes sense. You brought it up geographically, Redwoods. And my big thing is like the players on the Redwoods. I want to see those guys in LA. I want to see Miles Jones, just you know, all his social media posts out west. So uh, Sergio Perkovich. Those just seem like LA kind of players to me. And that whole <laughs> until you go to the defense, and then it looks like the furthest thing from LA well, people. Well, we're not worried about defense. <laughs> we're worried about the flash social I was media. Say the- once you cross the 50, it definitely <laughs> is not LA people. But anyway, uh, water dogs, I actually have. So I have two teams in California because I think it makes sense at this point. And even though I'm sure the guys on the water dogs would prefer to be in San Diego because a lot of them are the sea, you know, play for the seals. I have the water dogs in San Jose. Uh, I don't think it makes sense to play in San Francisco. So I have them, you know, San Jose, Sacramento, that whole area, I think works really well. And I think that that's far enough from LA where obviously like, I mean, California's massive, like, <laughs> like, like that can, that you can easily have two teams there. So I think that more plays into like the Northern California thing. And then, you know, it's the water dogs. You have to be on the water. And I don't, the East coast already has enough teams here. And I don't think the other markets like, that are on the water. Like I'm not putting a team in Virginia beach or Wilmington or, or Charleston or Jacksonville yet. I would love to see a team in Miami. Eventually I'm putting like, a team in, I, I, you know, where I'm putting them. Yeah. Well, 
Go ahead. Where are you putting the water dogs? Daytona, <laughs> Daytona Beach, Florida, oh where God. every day is spring break. Big Cat on Barstool is going to have a field day. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm kidding. Um, Daytona Beach, I, I, I think, um, I think that's, that, that's a long shot. Um, you know, but with that being said, um, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, I, I do think that, and I, and I mean, the water dogs, you want them by water and everything like that dream scenario, Daytona beach. But I Saint think, Petersburg. I think, I think that you might see a team end up in Salt Lake city. I, I can see it. I can see it. I, think, see it. I, I think based on, I'm being more um, conservative with my things. I, yeah. I think those are markets that we will see teams eventually. I just, yeah. with eight teams, I look at the cities that they go back to every year and yeah. I'm like the first eight teams are going to probably be in the, in one of those 12 yes. cities. I, but, now, and, granted and I, Salt Lake is one of those, they, yeah. you know, but, but that's if where I the was, bubble was, but if I was to see the, this water dog team, you know, I bounced around Salt Lake. I think that you're going to see um, the water dogs, end up in in a chicago i think you'd see okay. i think you'd see the water dogs end up in chicago Te- technically on the water so technically on the water <laughs> they, they, they so everybody it. wants something in upstate new york everybody wants something in the chicago area well you got to hit those markets man like big nick what do you got for water dogs water dogs i bounced around uh, my gut reaction said i daytona is a fantastic idea <laughs> my gut reaction said atlanta but based on the pll uh, attendance last weekend looked a little low. I'm not sure if Atlanta is the move there. Mm, um, yeah. And so I'm kind of thinking Tampa. I think you have to put them on the water. And I think Florida, I think there's a good lacrosse community in Florida. And I just think with having the Buccaneers there and, you know, I just think it kind of makes sense to put a team in Florida. You know, the Florida launch was down there, not Tampa based, but you know, I'd love to see a team in Florida, especially the water dogs. Well, I think it's two different markets too. I think um, the, I think had the launch been in Tampa, in that Tampa area, I think they would have done better. Yeah, I because think cause, cause speaking as someone Orlando, who, yeah, yeah, you know, when we when I go down there to the to the parents' place in Fort Myers, it's very clear that West Side, and and this could be argued either way. Like East Side is East Coast, and West Co- West Side of Florida, there's so many Canadians. Yeah. So many Canadians. So I think it would make, I mean, eventually I could see two teams there, but that would take, we'd have to be in like a 20 something team league at that point. But, uh, or again, a team that plays in Orlando, Tampa, Miami. I mean, we want it. We want to get solid homes for these teams and build, build it up because you got to build it through the community and stuff. But, you know, I think, I think Florida is a great choice. I think we see two California teams before Florida, just because again, PLL office being there doesn't hurt. And California lacrosse has boomed for the last 20 years. So over the past 20 years. All right. And last but not least, this one could be interesting. I think we all have similar ideas. Uh, The whip snakes. So, you know, my grand scheme here is that the Bayhawks will be back. And that's why I haven't put a team in Baltimore. Uh, I think the lizards will be back. And that's why I haven't put a team on Long Island. I think that the machine will go to Chicago or something like that. And I thought, honestly, the blaze or the hounds will come back as well. But again, we're leaving one situation open. And I thought the attendance there, and I'm looking back at it right now from 2019, they had 14,200 fans over two days at Audi field in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking we're going to get the Washington whip snakes playing out of dc i think it makes sense i think a lot of those i mean everybody most of lacrosse has ties to that area 
uh, that Baltimore, DC, Philly area. So I, I think it's easy to put a team there. I think it does well, no matter who you put there, but it doesn't hurt if you put, you know, the best franchise in league history at this point, if you don't count the MLL stats uh, into DC, Ryan. Um, I agree with you. I, I do. I agree with you 100%. Um, I was toying around with this where, um, you know, and I'll go back to my previous statement about like that New York, New Jersey thing where they're going to be playing in New Jersey and all that other stuff. That's, a, you know, I think at some point you'll see a franchise in Philadelphia and in that. Um, but I, I, this makes a lot of sense. I think that Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia area is going to warrant a team. And I think Washington is a great Washington, D.C. is a great spot for that. Um, they've got a great following. Um, you know, there is, they've kind of built this thing with stags and the, and, and the whip snakes where there is a lot, they, they've already created kind of like a home-based following in that Maryland, um, Washington, DC, Northern Virginia area. Yeah, they built their makes, fan base there. Yeah. It just makes so much sense. As much as I'd um, love to put that team yeah. in Phoenix, cause it's yeah. the whip snakes, um, DC just, it works. And you know what? What the hell's a whip snake anyway? So who cares? Yeah. They're winners. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. The Washington whip snakes win again. Easy. Yeah. Easy I, SEO I, right I, and I was toying back. I was, I was flipping <laughs> back and forth between this and Philadelphia, but Washington makes more sense than Philadelphia for this team. There you go. Nick. Man, I wasn't really sold. On, I had Washington written down, but I wasn't really sold on it until you said Washington whip snakes out loud. And that just rolled off the tongue very nicely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think Washington makes sense. I had written down that I'd love to just see them in that Maryland, like Baltimore, Maryland. They just yeah. have so many Maryland guys. Like, it's like, how do you not? But I think DC is like a close second and possibly first in that regards. Um, just due to all the reasons that you just mentioned. And yeah, Washington whip snakes, what even is a whip snake? So Washington whip snakes <laughs> totally makes sense. To and, me. and, and just to, yeah, all great points. Like, and just to go back to what you had said, you know, I think we'll see the Bayhawks again. I don't think we'll see the lizards again. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't, I, well, I, I just, I, I think that that might be something I don't know. Like long Island is, we know how, how biased I am. towards. Hell, long maybe, Island. maybe they just pay the NLL a little bit of money and we get the saints back. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't <laughs> think that, you know, they've tried it so many times and it just hasn't worked. You know, the fan no, base, no. They, 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 there's just so much stuff. Dude, it's going a weird, on. it's a weird yeah. place, man. It's not easy to sell those people on a very corporate product. Yeah. I'm, and also too, with the way I think, and, and we're going off on a completely different thing. I think for this to be really successful for the PLL to do this, they, and I've read this on Twitter, like if they start partnering with some of these youth tournaments, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was tweeting I, about that on the account this weekend. They could absolutely blow it out of the LXM world. Pro Tour, when I was coaching travel ball, we would play two games in the morning. There'd be an LXM game. There'd be a second game. We played one more game in the evening in the final slot, and then that was it. Like, we got to watch two games, like Peter Baum, a ton of, ton of guys yeah. back then. And then we'd play again on Sunday. So we would still get our three, four games in but there was a block that was just for the, the pro game. And I thought it was great. I mean, you're getting people that wouldn't have driven to the game normally to just walk over to the game. Yeah. And it's built like you're literally like, that's already lacrosse fans. So they're already there. And a lot of the tournaments set it up where like they would 
take the price of that and just integrate it into the cost of the tournament. And mm-hmm. that way you're getting guaranteed ticket sales as well. If every team gets 25 tickets for an extra hundred bucks on your team fee or 200 bucks, it's a great deal for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's a win-win for everybody. So I think that's something they have to do. You know, Nick and I are involved with Detroit United, who's a PLL partner and they're doing the touring with, with the clinics and they're giving PLL players to like each charity. And I think that's the same thing. Like they're going to, they're going to associate themselves with local travel teams in, in different places, local tournament vendors and set it up. And if not, I wouldn't be surprised if soon you see the PLL sign a partnership with an event company that specializes and already has multiple lacrosse events, like an adrenaline or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Like that wouldn't surprise me because then synergy I love that. There's like just like synergy, the, just, just like us on this podcast right now. We we have great synergy. So much synergy going right now. <laughs> I forgot what the line is from uh, from old school when he's up there. He uses uh, he uses some business term, and I just uh, it's slipping my mind right now. But that's that's all we got for this week, fellas. I, I think we had some creative ideas, but uh, I'm interested to see what the people think about the graphic for for this one, Nick. So, uh, Peaches, thanks for joining us. And uh, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, enjoy your bye week from the PLR. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides.